This is the Truth Hurts Program with Steve Z. Good afternoon and welcome back to the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z. It is number three, the third edition of today's program. Everyone has been talking about it. And I thought this morning, ah, let everybody else finish their yakking before you weigh in on some very important news that was brought out today. Affirmative action is, was, and forever shall be racism. It is racist to give a white man a job because you don't like black people. It is just as racist to give a black man a job because you don't like white people. This is the way that the world works, except in the Democratic Political Party of the U.S. The Democratic Political Party in the U.S. wants everyone to believe that racism can only occur against black people and whatever the minority de jour happens to be. When I say minority de jour, I'm talking about those Johnny-come-lately minorities that pop up from time to time, like the LGBTQIA plus crowd, which just a few years ago, the Democrat Party spoke out against. Remember a few things before I get deep into the weeds on what happened today. And I'm sure you've heard about it, but I'm going to expound upon it a little bit here on the Truth Hurts program. The Democratic political party, the party of Joe Biden, of Camel Toe Harris, of naughty, nasty, Nazi Nancy Pelosi, of Chuckles the Clown Schumer, of Focahontas, the fake Indian Princess Elizabeth Warren, of bug-eyed, buck-teethed, Alexandria Ocasio Horseface Cortez, the Democratic political party of racist Cory Booker, of Cedric Richmond, of Sheila Jackson Lee, of Jesse Jackson, of Raphael Warnock, the race baiting Democratic party of the United States of America who tries so very desperately to make you believe that they loves black people and that they's always be done loves them some black people, and that the Republicans is racist. It is the Democratic political party that voted against ending slavery. It was the Republican president, Abraham Lincoln, who freed the slaves. But there's a truth that they don't like to repeat. And so they repeat lie after lie after lie after lie. The United States Supreme Court voted in a six to three majority opinion to make the statement that affirmative action in college selection is unconstitutional, therefore, It is illegal and unlawful, not to mention unethical, immoral, wrong, completely wrong. But colleges like Harvard, who want to increase their diversity, equity, and inclusiveness scores, their ESG scores, 
put into place affirmative action programs that actually denied thousands and thousands of Asian Americans, Asians in general, and white people from admission to Harvard. Even though the white people scored much higher than their black and Latino counterparts, and even though the Asians scored even higher than the white people who scored much higher than the African Americans and their Hispanic counterparts, Harvard, once known as the Ivy League school of choice, has now been slapped in the pee-pee by the United States Supreme Court. You see, they, Harvard, used the color of people's skin to discourage, to eliminate, to prohibit Asian students from being admitted. Now, if you were the best of the best of the best, let's say in the manufacture of widgets, would you not want the best of the best of the best widget makers working for your company? If you are the best of the best of the best college in the world, supposedly, wouldn't you want the best of the best of the best in attendance, doing those wonderful things that the best of the best of the best do? That is, be the best of the best of the best. Harvard wanted to increase their ESG scores their diversity, equity, and inclusiveness status. They wanted to be able to say, because they are so liberal, so progressive, and supposedly so woke, that they employ a group of very liberal, woke, progressive faculty and administrative people. They wanted to be able to say, we at Harvard are going to tell the best of the best of the best the Asians, there are just too many people here who look like you. They might as well have looked in the Asian applicant's eyes and said, sorry, no gooks, no chinks, no Japs, no Asian slant eyes here at Harvard. That's what they should have just gone ahead and said, because effectively what they have been doing prior to today's ruling by the United States Supreme Court in a majority decision, up until today, Harvard has been openly, deliberately, purposefully, intentionally discriminating against Asians and Caucasians so that they can find ways of squeezing more African American 13% dark-skinned, hyphenated American minorities into their ranks so that people won't call Harvard a lily-white cracker university. But it is, most likely, racism for them to do what they have been doing to the Asians and to the white people under the guise, the lie, the BS excuse of diversity, equity, and inclusiveness. The Supreme Court rendered a very wise decision based on the United States Constitution. Oh, there's the problem, people. 
I just figured it out. I just solved the mystery, Scoob. You see, the Constitution was written in cursive, the white man language of English. And English, according to several Northeastern United States universities, is a racist white supremacist language. Perhaps the people who were trying to coax, coerce, bribe, and otherwise intimidate Harvard and other similar universities into telling the Asians, we don't want your kind here. You're too smart. You're making our black students look bad. You're making our Asian students, I mean our Latino students, look bad. You Asians are even making the white students look bad. So we don't want your kind here. Perhaps Harvard and their counterparts doing the same thing just wanted to level the outcome, that is, give all these minorities a break, except the Asians, of course, pass them through in social promotion schemes and scams like they are wont to do in other facets of American life. Maybe they just want to say, we's bees better than yous, and we's got enough whites and Asians up in here, so we's gonna move on. And that's the name of that tune. Who knows? But the U.S. Supreme Court has shut them down. Here's the rub. Harvard and other universities like Harvard knew weeks ago, once this case was brought and had standing in the highest court in the land, that they were in a heap big trouble. They knew, they knew, they saw the handwriting on the wall. They knew what was going to happen so suddenly, magically, and without realizing it. These are supposed to be the smartest people in the world, Harvard. They suddenly lifted their restrictions on Asians a few weeks ago. Suddenly, an 8% increase in Asian acceptance magically appeared at Harvard because they knew they were about to get their pecker slapped. This was all but an admission of guilt, proving that they were engaging in affirmative action racism against Asians and whites. Imagine if an all-black university did the same thing. We would never hear about it. We would never hear about it because all-black universities have a policy of discriminating against whites and Asians. I'm not going to go into details. I'm not going to say which justice voted for and which justice voted against, but you can pretty much name the three Democrat culprits, the three left-leaning progressives on the U.S. Supreme Court, including Biden's quota hire, the woman who only got her position on the Supreme Court because she checked off two of Biden's three favorite boxes. She was black, and she was a she. But even being a she, Katanji Brown Jackson, when being questioned during her confirmation hearings, was not intelligent enough to be able to tell those questioning her what the definition of a woman is. 
It just goes to show you that minority quota hiring and affirmative action, which put an idiot like Katanji Brown Jackson on the court, it's proof that you don't need to be smart. You just need to have dark skin, a flat nose, large lips, and nappy hair. And that makes you qualified. You're more qualified if you have a vagina instead of a penis. And you're more qualified if you're a lesbo, a scissor player, a kitty licker. The Supreme Court's decision effectively called out Harvard University and others for the racist, bigoted, obviously unlawful, illegal, unethical, and immoral institution and institutions that they are. Of course, people on the left, people like gropey Joe Biden, are calling it racism because we have to give certain people a hand up. Wrong. There is nothing in any of our founding documents in this nation that say everyone has to be given an even equal share of the pie. It does, however, say that everyone should be given an equal and even opportunity, which means you go, you take the tests required for entrance. If you're going to medical school at Harvard, you take the MCATs. If you're going to law school, I believe it's called the LSAT. These are college admission tests that keep dummies like me from going to law school at Harvard because I have not properly prepared and studied, met the basic minimum entry requirements. I haven't taken any law school pre-law tests as the Truth Hurts program moderator here. I know the law. I know multiple facets of the law. And any moron with half a brain could answer a simple question. Is it wrong to exclude someone from something based solely on their ethnicity, their race, their skin tone? Now, one thing that has been brought up in regards to this decision by the United States Supreme Court to end the racist, bigoted affirmative action which prohibited whites and blacks, excuse me, Asians rather, from entering Harvard in favor of blacks, allowing blacks a better opportunity than everyone else, not an equal opportunity. The age-old tradition of legacy admittance, legacy admissions. Just because your daddy, Joe Biden, went to X university doesn't mean that you, the cocaine addict son of Joe Biden, should automatically gain entry based on your father's prior attendance. I have thought legacy admissions were wrong since the first time I heard of the term. It is wrong. Oh, the only reason you're here is because your daddy went here? Your grades suck? Your study habits suck? You suck? 
but we have to let you in because your daddy went here? I'm glad that that facet of the program is likely going to be taken out under this new rule. But here's the rub, my friends. Don't think that Harvard is going to admit tomorrow that, oh, gee, yes, we were racist. Yes, we were bigoted. Yes, we were implementing an affirmative action program which denied admission to white people and Asians, even though their test scores were much, much higher. We are going to double down. We're simply going to change our admission rules. We're going to say we don't need the MCAT. We don't need the LSAT. We don't need any admissions exams anymore. And we're going to implement a new program that gives brownie points, pun intended, brownie points to people based on their life experiences and a hardship quota. Hardship points. You grew up in a bad neighborhood. You had to fend for yourself. Well, that's considered life experience points. We're going to go ahead and hook you up with some life experience points. And the white guy that lived in the house with mommy and daddy and SpongeBob on a 60-inch TV in the air condition and didn't have to dodge bullets and fend for himself, he don't get them same life experience points. They're going to find a way to tip the scales in the favor of minorities no matter what. Sure, they'll have to let Asians in now because Asians have life experience points. If blacks can use the bullshit excuse of my great-great-great-great-great-great-grandpappy might have been a slave, then the Vietnamese can most certainly use the excuse my great-grandfather or my grandfather come over to United States on boat with only her short and pants and flippy-floppy. So that's a life experience, a point for me. They're still going to find a way to keep whitey levels down. And before you know it, the there goes the neighborhood theory of once you lower your admission standards to accommodate underqualified people, your name will soon not mean much at all. You might recall there was a time when the name... Montgomery Ward, Sears Roebuck and Company, J.C. Penney, and Macy's were considered middle up, upper class or lower middle class or whatever you wanted to call it. It wasn't TG&Y. It wasn't Dollar General. Macy's was a name of a store that had clout, prestige. And now, they've lowered their standards. They've lowered their prices. They've lowered every aspect of their existence. And the result, they're going out of business in city after city after city. Because the high-end people look at Macy's now as if it were a Kmart. They don't shop there anymore. The stigma, the reputation of Macy's has gone down the toilet. It's just another store in the mall to most Americans now. 
And in many malls, it's just another closed store in the mall. That being said, same thing goes for Harvard. As we lower the standards for admission, stop requiring potential students to be qualified, to be educated, to be intelligent enough for entry, people are going to start looking at Harvard as just another Florida Atlantic, just another Middle Tennessee state, just another Western Alabama, or some other no-name school. Sure, people will say, I graduated from Harvard, but that won't mean nearly as much as it meant last year, or 10 years ago, or 40 years ago. Harvard will continue to put out unqualified people. The bad news for you and for me is in the old days to say you had a Harvard-educated, Harvard Medical School-trained doctor doing your brain surgery will in the future only mean anyone who graduates from any medical school, no matter how poorly he did, and no matter how far down, as long as he meets the BAM, bare-ass minimum requirements, you're still going to call him doctor. Think about that. The decision by the Supreme Court has paved the way for the lowering of qualifications, the lowering of admission standards, the diminishing of requirements, and therefore, they will achieve an outcome that they desire. More black Harvard graduates, whether they be qualified, whether they be intelligent or educated enough, they're going to pass. Because once you let them in and you let them start failing at the same rate that blacks fail in the public school system, then your reputation as an Ivy League leader is going to be tarnished. So they will, of course, socially graduate those Harvard graduates, whether they meet the requirements of minimum performance or not. They will most certainly promote them, graduate them, and then celebrate them. And then when those people who have a recent Harvard graduation diploma come out and use that diploma to become employed in the real world, when they fail, when they fall on their faces, when they fail to perform, when they fail to achieve, they'll blame it on systemic racism within whatever company they manage to become employed. They'll blame that company for systemic racism, bigotry, bias, prejudice, white supremacy, and it will all be their own failing fault for not being as qualified as the Asians and the whites who were kept out. That's fine. I'm in the third quarter of this thing called life. I will likely not have to suffer through the consequences of the idiocracy and look up the movie Idiocracy if you want to know what I'm talking about. It's a thing. The idiocracy of outcome-based this, that, and the other as opposed to merit-based this, 
that and the other. Unfortunately for the young people of today, they're going to grow up in an America that does not resemble our country as it looked only four years ago. Certainly won't look as our country looked 20 years ago. People are being promoted. They're being passed on to the next grade simply because of the color of their skin even though they don't meet the basic fundamental rudimentary requirements of the job of the educational system anything we have to pass them because if we fail them we will be called racist so we push them on we kick the can down the road we push them on to the next grade we promote them to the level of their incompetence and then they're not our problem anymore you see how that works if you've got a subpar employee working for you and you discipline them or fire them and they happen to be african american then you are a racist a white supremacist a bigot a prejudiced individual who doesn't want to see the black man succeed but if you promote them, get them out of your department, send them to another part of the company, then you look like a hero. And when that person goes on to their next assignment and fails miserably, and they have a white supervisor, that white supervisor, like you, will be scared to death to call a spade a spade, to call a low performer a low performer. So they will promote that person as well. Before you know it, that person's your boss. They will either thank you, which is highly unlikely because never thank the white man ever. That's the wrong way to do things. Or they will find a way to get you out because they know that you know that they were not qualified or capable. So you will lose your job in the long run. You will lose your position in the long run, they will get promoted right on up to the top of the company. And then when the company goes belly up for the piss poor performance of their leadership, they'll have no one to blame but themselves. Oh, wait a minute. They will have a willing media and the Democratic Party to find some reason to blame it on so-called systemic racism. That's the way it is in America, my friends. I do want to congratulate the United States Supreme Court on making this very wise decision. It shouldn't be too controversial. Apply the Steve Z methodology. If a decision is made to benefit a single group of people, no matter who, what are the consequences to any and all other groups? And then apply the reverse, the adverse, the inverse, the converse, and say, what if this decision were being applied to the other group? How would it affect the first group? If a decision was made at Harvard to raise the standards of everyone, then Harvard would be putting out better quality graduates. This new Supreme Court action will likely force Harvard, if they want to keep their ESG scores up, will force them to lower their standards 
so they can keep on keeping on graduating people out of their institution who are not qualified. My friends, there is an ongoing attack on the media and in social media against conservative, common sense, patriotic American programming, just like the Truth Hurts program. We are being silenced, we are being canceled, we are being called out, we are being accused of being racist, when all we do is seek to impart the truth, the knowledge, the information that you need to make sound, informed decisions. I've never asked you to take every word that comes out of my word hole as gospel, as if I am some authority. I'm just a guy with a microphone giving you my opinion. And if you are intelligent, common sense, conservative in nature, you most likely agree with about 90% of the words that come out of my word hole. And for that, I applaud you. And I thank you for listening. Please let your congressman know that censorship against conservative media is wrong. And with that, I'll see you on the next edition of the Truth Hurts program. Thank you for listening to the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z. Opinions expressed are protected free speech under the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. I apologize if you were offended, but I retract nothing because I speak the truth. Background music courtesy of Jason Shaw and Audionautics. This program is pre-recorded. Copyright 2023, the Truth Hurts program network, all rights reserved.